Thanks, David. And a special thanks to Heather and Brett as well. Where are they sitting at the moment? Oh, thank you so much, guys, for that story. Um, I was so excited when I heard you were going to share that this morning. And um, the idea of a catalyst is, is the idea that I want to use today. Um, so, kids, I want you to sort of see if you can pay attention. And every time I say the word catalyst, I want you to count. All right, and then if you get the same amount of times I've said catalyst as what I think Annette and Daniel are going to count too, they might have like a little prize or something, um, like a little lolly for you as well. All right, so how, what word are we going to start counting? The word catalyst. All right, and we're going to start from now. Okay, catalyst. What are we up to? Catalyst, catalyst, catalyst. What are we up to? We're up to four. Okay. I just did that a few times just to keep it on her toes. So <laughs> there you go. So I, I love that idea of catalyst. I want to be a catalyst. I want to be that thing that makes lots of foam and lots of mess, you know, and I want to do that in the world. I want to go out and wherever I go, God is doing things. God is doing things in our neighbourhoods, in our communities. He's bringing hope. He's bringing healing. And like what Jesus did, when Jesus went to different places, he was like a catalyst, God was already there. He said, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is around you. But it took Jesus to turn up. And then when he turned up, bang, all of a sudden some amazing things happened. And I want to live a life like that. I want to be a catalyst like Jesus. And uh, Jesus says this. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And this is, I think, a great... Great summary of, of how we can be a catalyst too. So first of all, Jesus says, I'm the way. And this talks about his practices, the things that he did. And he also says, I'm the truth. And this is like his philosophy is the way he would see the world or approach the world. And we can find out that by the things that Jesus said. And when we put those two things together, what he did and what he said, we can live the abundant life that Jesus says that we can have in him. Now, I've got a question for you. If you could do anything that you wanted to, it doesn't have to, like, just think of anything that you'd love to do, I want you to complete this sentence. I wish I could, whatever that thing might be, like, and I want you to pick a person that does that really, really well. For example, I would say, I wish I could play basketball like LeBron James. All right, so that's me. Oh, was that yours? Well done, good one. All right. Does that make sense? So have a think about it. Um, who's got one that they'd like to share with us? Yes, Les. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Matt's saying, I wish I could be like Les. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I wish I could play squash like Les Birch. All right. Matt, what's yours? Oh, there we go. Exactly. All right. Good work. Any other ones that you've got? You know, for me, I said, I wish I could play guitar like Joe Satriani. And I was just researching. I just, when I asked this question to myself, I started getting curious. I thought, oh, Brett's, Brett's um, involved today. Oh, I wish I could be a triathlete. Like, is it Jake Birtwistle? Do you know him? Yeah? Andrew knows him. Hey. Like, and I thought, all right, so if I want to be a triathlete like Jake Birtwistle, like, how would I actually become like him? What are some things that I need to do? So this is what it came to my mind. I, 
first of all, I would imitate what they do. I'd find out what their regime is, what they, what time they get up in the morning, what exercise they do, how they structure their time. I found out that he bought a treadmill during quarantine for $20,000 and it's an amazing treadmill. So I want to buy a treadmill like that too. All right, so that's what I want to do. The other thing is listen to their philosophy and teaching. I would also be reading lots of interviews with them to find out how do they approach the races? Like, well, you know, what goes through their mind? You know, how do they, how do they actually plan and what's their philosophy on life? And last of all, I'd want to spend time with them. I'd want to hang out with them. I'd want to watch what they do. I'd want to train alongside them like that. And it's a similar thing when it comes to Jesus too. Now, when I was preparing for my sermon, I felt this little pull inside me, um, say, Brad, go and watch the cricket, all right? Now, I don't know if it was a spiritual thing or anything, but I did end up watching the cricket. And while I was watching the cricket, this young um, cricketer, did anyone start watching the test? Um, Will Pukowski? He did really well, didn't he? He was a good kid. But what I found really, really interesting was this, that he'd been scoring centuries, double centuries as a youngster, um, but as he was trying to get into the Australian test team, he was struggling a bit with his, his thinking, his mental health. And, um, and one of the things the commentators were talking about, they say, we often spend a lot of time as cricketers focusing on technique, focusing on doing the right thing, but we never really stop to think about our thought processes. And the commentary team were talking about, yeah, we often say cricket, it's such a mental game, it's such, you know, it, it's all involved in the way that you think, but most of our time is spent just out in the nets or out on the field. We don't actually spend the time thinking about our thinking and going through our mental health. And so he spent some time with, I think it was the same um, mental health mindfulness coach as the Richmond Football Club had, um, Emma Murray. And so working with her, he was able to go out for his very first test, score half century, play really well and, you know, and, and he's off to a really, really good start for his career. So my goal for today is to actually start with a practice that will shape your philosophy. So in other words, I want us to think about what's a practice, what's something that we can do as followers of Jesus that's going to help us to think and see the world like Jesus did, like the philosophy there as well. And the, and the practice that I want to focus on today is hearing God's word. Now, David speaking next week and Pastor Cam and we've been talking about this and we feel like this year it could be a really good opportunity for us to spend some time thinking about what are the practices, what are the things that we can do to become more like Jesus? Because if we said, who wants to be a catalyst? Everyone goes, yeah, I want to be a catalyst. But will we spend the time to step back and think and do some thinking about how we actually get there? Now, there's a little warning that comes with this. There's a challenge ahead we hear in God's word. And Jesus tells a story that really captures what some of these challenges are. So in Luke 8, um, and you can turn with your Bibles if you want to to this as well. You can read it off the screen. Um, in Luke 8, uh, and starting at verse 4, it says, One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. And the parable went like this, or the parable of the story went like this. A farmer went out to plant his seed. And as he scattered across the field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among the rocks. It began to grow, but it, the, soon, the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up at it, with it and choked out the tender plants. And 
Still other seed fell on the fertile soil, and this seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. So this last seed was like a catalyst that just, you know, took off and a hundred times bigger than what it originally started with. Now, Jesus told this story, and everyone was going, hmm, yes, good story, Jesus. Yeah, but the disciples were honest enough to come back later and say, oh, Jesus, we don't get this. What are you talking about here? You've told a story, and it doesn't make much sense. And Jesus actually goes on a little bit of a sidetrack and says, look, not everyone will get the stories that I tell, but if you, if you try and listen and you're open-hearted, I can, you will actually learn it. But this was the explanation that Jesus gave of the story. He said, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a little while and then they fall away when that fall away when they face temptation or some other translations say trials which i think is probably a better better example the seeds that fell amongst the thorns represent those who hear the message but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life and so they never grow into maturity and the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest good-hearted people who hear god's word cling to it and patiently produce a huge harvest so we find out that just hearing God's word doesn't always result in being a catalyst. There's some challenges. There's some destructive things that can get in the way of that happening. So the devil can interfere with it. A little amount of depth or just shallowness or shallow roots can also be a problem. And distractions, things like worries, worrying about the world, you know, trying to get rich or just focusing on pleasures, those things can be distractions as well that stop it from really growing. But there are some things that can help it to grow, and that's things like listening to God, holding tightly or clinging to it, and then having patience as well. So the question is um, sort of, you know, so what does that actually look like? And I, I wanted to share a little bit of my journey and some of the things that I've found to be really, really helpful in hearing God's word for me. Now, I know other people have got stories, and I would encourage you to share your stories with each other. You know, sometimes we might hesitate to talk about our spiritual practices and how we're going in them. We might say, yeah, everything's fine, I'm all good, yeah, yeah, I, re- yeah, I read my Bible or, you know, I pray, you know. But it's really, really good to get together and to say, do you know what, I'm really struggling with that at the moment. How are you going? Um, I've been meeting with Dave and Pastor Cam recently and we get together every week. We're having a bit of a break at the moment and we, we have a list of things we're going of questions that we keep ourselves accountable to. And we say, how are you going with that? And sometimes, for me, the answer is, well, not much. I'm not doing that good in that area of my life right now. But it gives us an opportunity to pray, to support one another, and to think about and to work out ways we can do better at it. So my tips today on like how to hear God's word comes from a place of like many, 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 many years of mistakes and, and problems, all right? So I'm not saying this like, oh, Brad's got all the answers here. It's like, no, no, Brad's made quite a few mistakes. And so this is just his experiences. So my first tip is that focus on the books in the Bible about Jesus. Focus on the books in the Bible about Jesus. Now, I've got a question for you. 
Um, what do you think of Harry and Meghan? What do you think about Harry and Meghan? All right, there's some newspaper articles up here. Harry and Meghan, we quit. They didn't even tell the Queen. Um, there was like I googled like Google Harry and Meghan. They're going to be the end of the monarchy. Like, what what do you guys think about Harry and Meghan? Well, I'm not so I don't really care actually what you think about them, to be honest with you. But I am curious about this question: Where has your information come from? How have you formed those opinions? And when it comes to the Bible, how have you formed your opinion of the Bible? Like. Is it just from what other people have said? Is it just second-hand information? Or have you actually spent some time to read it for yourself? Oh, don't put your hand up. Just think, has anyone here actually read the Bible from cover to cover? Like, I've done it. I haven't done it many times, but I have done it. And my, my thing is, like, to be honest with you, don't, don't start from the start. All right? Well, you can start from the... You can read a little bit at the start, but... I'll, I'll think of another analogy to try and make it a little bit clearer. All right, so any Star Wars fans out here? All right, Matt. Okay, now on the screen are the nine episodes, episode Star Wars movies, all right, from one all the way through to number nine. So if I was going to say to... Um, who doesn't know anything about Star Wars? <laughs> Lots of people here, okay. All right, so who put your hand up? Who doesn't know? Uh, Bryn, where would you start? What episode would you start with? He wouldn't. He just wouldn't start at all. That's all right. So most people would go, oh, it would make sense to start with episode one. Although we do have a Star Wars expert here in the room today, Matthew Lawson. All right, Matthew, what episode would you think would be a good one to start with? That's excellent, excellent, Matt. Start with episode four. That's the big story. That's the story where it all sort of, you know, comes together. Now, it sounds a bit strange, but when Star Wars first came out, that was their movie. It was just one movie. And then afterwards, they, they followed up with movies and then they did prequels as well. Now, what has this got to do with the Bible? Well, if you look at the Bible, the Bible is a collection of books. It's like a great big library. Now you start with some books about law and then you've got history, then you've got wisdom literature and you've got prophets, you've got letters to the church, you've got um, you know, church history. There's a lot of books to choose from. Now, I don't know, there's a pastor in the room, so Clem, you can speak to Clem afterwards if, if I'm being heretical here. Some books are probably more important than others, would you say, Clem? Yeah, some books are better than others. Now, it doesn't mean... There's not value in all of them. Even when I said to Matt, I said, oh, there's this other Star Wars series. He goes, mate, just skip the first season. Don't watch that. Dude, go straight to the good first and second season. Just skip them. Go straight to this one. This is the good stuff. And when it comes to the Bible, I'd say Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're the stories about Jesus. That's the good stuff. That's the gold. Now, Jesus actually says, you search the whole scriptures because you think you've got eternal life by looking through it all. But all the scriptures in the Bible point to me. So just start. Start with Jesus. That's the place to start. Um, 
And you probably can't see this, but this is a great image from, um, from visual theology, and you can look it up. So basically it goes through and looks at how all the Bible points back to Jesus. It's like Jesus is the central. Sorry, you'd have to Google this one later. All right. So that's my first tip. The second tip I'd like to say is to listen and read alone and together. Now, why have I put listen there? The reason I put listen there is because sometimes I thought that the most spiritual thing to do is to read my Bible. Like, you know, I have to read my Bible every day. But for, million, for, for millions of people over centuries, they haven't been able to read. They didn't have, have the Bible. So how did they learn about Jesus? They listened to the stories. Even the early church before Matthew, Mark, Luke and John were written, they would have listened to the stories about Jesus. So who, who loves reading? Who are the readers in the room? Yeah, you love getting a book, reading the book. Yeah. Who loves the audiobook? Who loves the podcast? Who loves listening? Yeah, yeah, me too. So I don't mind a bit of both, but one's not better than the other. Just get the word into you. And, uh, and the point is that anyone can use and quote the Bible. All right. So I'll go back. I said read and listen alone and together. Now, anyone can use and quote the Bible, so it's really important for you to go back to the Bible and double-check. So don't just listen to what Brad says today and think, oh, that's it, that's good. Go back and say, well, did Brad really interpret that parable in Luke chapter 8 correctly or not? You know, go back and read it. What did Brad miss out? Brad didn't cover every verse. Why didn't he cover every verse? You know, and like, feel free to go back and do it. That's why it's important to read it yourself. Go alone and read it yourself. But it's also really important to do it in community as well. Now, this happens because sometimes I read the Bible and I think I know what it means. And then when I talk to someone else about it, they've got a different idea of what it means. And then when we all have a conversation about it, I realise that I was wrong. I've misinterpreted it. I didn't get it correct myself. So there's a real power in actually coming together and reading the Bible. Now, the Holy Spirit huddled down at 9.30 in the morning. Like We open up the Bible, we read it together, and I always get a deeper understanding when we discuss it, when we discuss what we're reading. But there's also times when I need to come aside and just read the Bible for myself without any other influences, without any other input, just to see you know, what, what, if it's actually true what I'm reading. Tip number three is snack and feast on God's Word. Now, when I was younger, I did hear preachers and, and speakers come and say they used to get up in the morning for at like 5 a.m. or something like this and they'd read the Bible for an hour every day. Okay, and so I had a crack at that. I tried to do it and it didn't go that well. Like, you know, and then I heard other people saying, oh, they would just read, you know, a Bible verse every morning and that would be it for the whole day. And that's what I should do. So, you know, there was different stories about what's the best idea and I think... The answer is, it's really good to do a little bit of both. You know, getting your word, getting God's word into you, just like think of a verse or just reflect on a verse and meditate on it and, and be mindful to it and let it sit with you. It's like have a little snack with God's word regularly. Um, has anyone got the Bible app or some on Instagram? They might follow different things. And sometimes you're scrolling through and up pops a Bible verse and you go, that's really good. You know, I really, really like that. That's a good snack, a spiritual snack. But it's also good to actually put aside some time and actually read an extended period of the, of the Bible. Now, I don't know if any, you've ever been watching a movie with someone and then every 
five minutes, they stop the movie to go to the toilet, to get a snack, to like, you know, to have a conversation, to, 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 to talk about something else. And you're just going, I just want to know what happens next. You know what I mean? I just want to keep on going. And the Bible, the, the books of the Bible were, were written to often usually be read as a whole book. You know, you, you don't sort of like just go, I'm going to watch a TV show, 10 minutes today. Whoop, pause. All right, come back the next day. I'm going to watch the next 10 minutes. Oh, come back the next day, watch 10 minutes. Sometimes it's nice just to sit down and watch it from start to finish. And the same sort of thing can, is, applies to the Bible too. Sometimes you get a lot out of it just by, just I'm going to read the whole thing. Now, I think the longest, if you, if you read out aloud the longest chapter in, in, the, in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, it will probably take about 10 minutes if you read it out loud. You could probably read it inside to your head a lot quicker than that. But, you know, it might take a, an hour or so just to read through the book of Mark. It doesn't take that long. So you might go, I'm going to put aside an hour. I'm just going to read through the whole thing and see what happens. Or at least read a, a big chunk of it too. My, my fourth tip is to find times and places to hear God's word and pray. Now this is, again, um, something that has taken me a while to really understand and apply. For example, I thought it was a lot more spiritual to read my Bible in the morning than at night. Or I thought it was a lot more spiritual to read my Bible in a certain location than another location. But the reality is, is that you can listen to God and hear his word in the morning, at night, by yourself, or in a deserted car park in the car alone. So, don't, you know, but you need to experiment. You need to try different things and see what works best for you. And keep, keep, keep going with it too. Um, Jesus would get up alone in the morning and go away and pray and reflect on scripture, but also he did that at night too. He, w- he would generally find space and times where he wasn't getting distracted and that's where we would do it. And the last point I just want to encourage you is be patient, keep trying and experimenting. Uh, I've kept like a journal for a number of years and like every time I do my journal, I just write my Bible verses that I've done. I look back over, you know, a number of years and when I first started doing it, there were lots of gaps in my diary, you know, like I had a page to a day and I was like, oh, I did it that day and then, oh, it was a long time before I did it again and oh, it was a long time before I did it again. And it's taken me a long time to build and develop that practice into my, into my life. So I just want to encourage you just to keep, you know, um, keep trying it, keep experimenting with it. Um, don't try and read the Bible and if you don't, if it doesn't work for you the first time, like have another go, keep trying, keep experimenting with it. What's a good place for you to do it? What's a good time for you to do it? And if that doesn't work, just persist or, or just experiment and try with someone and try again by yourself or try with someone else. Jesus finishes the stories with this. He says, So pay attention to how you hear. For those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not, li- not listening, even what they think they'll understand will be taken away from them. If you want to be a catalyst for Jesus and make a difference in the world, a core practice is actually to learn what the practices and learn what the philosophy of Jesus is. And starting small, doing a little bit every day or a, a chunk every week is a great start to make that transformation. But don't give up on it. Don't just go, oh, that's it. You know, it's too hard. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not going to try anymore. Um, 
because then, then we'll actually go backwards. You'll stop being a catalyst. So I just really want to pray and encourage that you do that. Create the space to listen. Hold tight, keep trying, don't give up on it. And be patient because, you know, you know that over time the Holy Spirit will keep working in you and changing you so that you can be a catalyst like Jesus was. Let me pray for you. Dear Jesus, we want to thank you so much for your life, for the things that you did and the teachings that you taught. And Lord, we just pray that you'll assist us and you'll help. You'll send your Holy Spirit to us to help us to actually learn how to, to be like you. And give us the, um, the wisdom and the opportunities where we can, we can listen to what you have to say to us through your Bible, through prayer. And we just pray that throughout that process that we too can be like seeds that produce a massive harvest, that we can be like a catalyst that makes a positive difference to those around us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.